passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. It's uh, great to have you back here, and uh, we're looking forward to saying hello to Michael Casagrande from Ale.com, who uh, had a pretty uh, amazing year as a, as a columnist there for the first time after covering Beats for most of his career. Michael, great to see you. I've, I've chuckled at way too many of your articles, uh, poking fun at yourself and, and the rest of us schmoes who have been wrong about practically everything. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Paul. It's always a pleasure. Before we get specific, uh, this year covering Alabama uh, from a little more of a distance than you have, but no matter what you write about in Alabama, you're never too far from Tuscaloosa. What has it been like? Uh, it's been a fascinating season for sure. I mean, there have been years there have been years where this has been a great team, uh, a championship team, not always an interesting team. Uh, this this year has been much different. It's been a fascinating group. Uh, story arcs, uh, storylines have been plentiful. Uh, you go from the depths of the Texas game, the 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 win against South Florida, where I mean they're down to 13th, I think, in the country. Just whether they're going to play in Orlando or, or Tampa on New Year's Day, and to this point now where they're talking about a Rose Bowl against Michigan. Um, Truly an interesting team, interesting personalities, uh, just an interesting group to cover. And you could tell, I mean, even looking at Nick Saban, I think he's enjoying this team, coaching this team probably more so than some of the the more recent teams where it was more of a challenge. So um, a fascinating group this season for sure. Let me start with him, Michael, because you, you've seen him for a long time. Uh, hmm. I mean, he's been there since 2007. You've been there most of that time chronicling his every move. Uh, I know, I know some of the narratives just get baked into the cake, whether they're true or not. Uh, he, he's having more fun. Uh, he's taking orders from Miss Terry. I mean, I don't know if this stuff is true or not. You've been around that program. Help us understand uh, how you viewed Nick Saban this year. Uh, not so much with a critical eye, but I think we've all viewed him with a little more of, uh, of, a, of a gracious eye, a little, a little more forgiving for so, <laughs> because yeah. I think he's been the same way. Yeah, no, it's 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 been an interesting. I mean, to, from watching him from when I first got here, uh, clearly uh, much more on edge, uh, more combative, clearly with us than than with the, some of the writers that are today. Uh, but yeah, he seems to be enjoying himself. He seems to be enjoying the ride. Um, you know, hasn't lost the edge on the field. Clearly, you've seen uh, the moments in the games on the sidelines with the players. He's not uh, he's not a lovable teddy bear just yet, but he's he's uh, he seems to be enjoying. Um, the the good times uh, more so than maybe in the past, or you see more smiles after the game, uh, after a win, um, taking it all in. So it's it's interesting to watch the differences between where he was, who he used to be, and and who he is now um, at this point in his career. I think some of some have said, Michael, that you know maybe it's because this team are underachievers, but in actuality they're not. I mean, you you knew from at the beginning of this season that this was enormously talented what we didn't know is whether they would come to fruition it's true i mean i think that in some sense that before the season that this was in very relative terms people talk about a rebuild uh you, you when you lose you know two of the top three four draft picks and and bryce young and will anderson that some of the talent level um i, I said from the beginning you know who's going to be the guy who gonna, who's going to step up who's going to be the dude who's going to be the the alpha on this team and you weren't really sure for a long time, uh, and you clearly see now with Jalen Milrow, Terry and Arnold, 
McKinstry. There are a lot of guys who are stepping into those roles, but it, it was a, a very undefined team heading into the season where you just weren't sure what they were going to do, who they were going to be, what their identity was going to be. Um, but I keep, I've written about it a few times that I go back to a conversation I had with a, a senior staffer before the season that said that this team really seemed to enjoy football. They loved the game maybe, maybe more so than the last few teams. And there was just a different spirit in that locker room, in that program um, that you, you can't always tell. Um, and I feel like the last two seasons, there was something missing in that sense. And that, that you can see this year, it's intangible, but you can see a difference in this program and the way uh, the way they handle end of game situations and close games uh, where it was a kind of a coin toss the last few years. But other than the Texas game, uh, they've responded in some of these big games, big moments. And in terms of what happened two, two, three weeks ago against Georgia, that, that I don't think we've really quite, maybe you have, but I'm not sure we've quite been able to grasp the significance of that maybe moving forward. I mean, there was so much attention to Florida State and who got in and who shouldn't. And I want to talk about that in a second. But in, in one afternoon in Atlanta, Nick Saban and his team really derailed what was the single greatest threat to in some ways, his current stature, not his legacy, but, you know, maybe how it was going to end up for him. I'm, I'm curious. Your sure. I mean, this that. was a, yeah, this is a Georgia team that appeared destined for a third straight championship, something that Saban hasn't done that nobody's done since the the forties in the university of Minnesota. So yeah, it, it was just kind of penciled in as an inevitability at a certain point that Georgia was going to just run the, run the, uh, the slate like they did the last few years. And I, I'll be the first to admit that when I got to Atlanta that championship day, it was not, I was not planning on writing about Alabama winning that game, get, you know, one or two possessions into it. And I really didn't believe that that was how this is going to end up. Uh, but it was really a, a fascinating game to see. You know, it almost followed some of the blueprint of the 2021 uh, SEC championship game. Georgia takes the lead and Alabama just kind of beats them up from that point forward. Um, it wasn't quite the margin this time, but um, there were certain, aspects of this game that was that were you know the physical beating was there up front um moving the line of scrimmage more so just something you wouldn't expect from a georgia team that had been so physical the last few seasons and kind of built uh this current run on on being so tough up front so yeah it was it really changed a lot of the storylines that georgia goes from being number one unequivocal number one to out, out of the playoffs and just that quickly and not even number five so yeah, a historic game, historic season in so many different ways. And I think a lot of people think in terms of well, Alabama's supposed to, to w win against Michigan and finish this thing off. I, I know that's critical where we are talking Nick Saban and Alabama football here, but it, it's it's almost hard for me to believe that no, no matter what happens in either one or two games, it will surpass, at least from in the neighborhoods, so to speak, the importance of what happened there. So I spin it to uh, a week and a half from now, uh, just what you what you sense as we get ready for, you know, a truly remarkable game in terms of the pageantry of, sure. of the history of college football. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. It's it's Alabama, Michigan, and in the Rose Bowl, uh, classic setting, beautiful place. Two classic you know, traditional programs. Uh, Michigan obviously is there quite often. I've been there quite often being in the Big Ten, but Alabama the first time since the 40s playing in an actual Rose Bowl game there. So it's so many storylines, so much history and tradition. It's going to be, you know, a great uniform game, great photos, 
it takes you back. I've been thinking about the, the full, circle, full circle nature of this with the Rose Bowl, Alabama beating Texas, two big programs uh, in that Rose Bowl, BCS championship game to win that 09 championship. Uh, and, you know, it's been 14 years since then. And, and what's happened since then, there's a lot of symmetry with all that. But yeah, it's in terms of the game itself, contrasting styles, contrasting cultures. Um, Michigan sometimes feels, you look at some of their games, they, it's like a different era of football that they're playing, um, kind of old school. Uh, you have a quarterback who throws the ball eight times in a game. You don't see that very often. You don't see that in the SEC very often. So um, kind of an old school versus a new school. Uh, obviously more athletes on Alabama's side. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. Um, clearly they haven't fared well in the, the last two playoff games. Georgia blew their doors off two years ago. And then TCU uh, last year, a close game, but it really discredits that close game loss when you see what TCU did in that championship game. So I think Michigan has a lot to prove, and it's kind of a rare opportunity for Alabama to be the team that is not out there to prove something uh, where the pressure is more so on Michigan. With Michael Casagrande, Michael, you, you did a piece recently about one of our favorite subjects here, and that's the politics of it all. And it was quite humorous uh, talking about, depending on your favorite state representative, your state attorney general, I, I realize it seems like we're past that, although you, you, we may not ever be in some circles. Uh, the headline, the dumbest thing you'll read this week. Uh, let's talk about that for a second, because I bought, I bought the headline. I read it. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, whatever day that was, Thursday, Friday, sitting at home, seeing another Another politician put out a pointless, toothless statement, letter, whatever it was, um, demanding another semifinal, adding the Orange Bowl so that these two teams can, uh, can get their trophy, too. It was just very – I almost struggled to write about it because I didn't want to give them the attention that they so clearly were looking for uh, that was not serious in any way, but it just sort of – like I just – maybe that just snapped something inside of me and said, I just, I gotta, I gotta lampoon these people one more time. If it's, you can't see one more straight news story trying to take these people seriously with their, uh, clearly never going to happen, never going to, uh, make any difference. Uh, especially since the playoff system is changing next year to where this wouldn't be an issue next season. So, um, I don't know, maybe I just had enough with, uh, hearing these politicians try to pretend that they, uh, they care about sports or they care about their voters who are going to vote for them because they took up for the team. Just kind of silly. Well, Michael, I feel, I feel even worse because uh, on Wednesday night on the Reveal show, I, I praised Georgia. I said, at least in Georgia, nobody has done what Florida has done with, with the state attorney general. And I, I'm not even sure I'd finish the statement when that story popped up uh, on the Twitter feed, um, or, or maybe I gave the guy the idea. I have no earthly idea, nor do I care, because none of it really matters. No, no, it's nothing's going to change. They're not going to. The playoff committee clearly, uh, they I think he responded to Rick Scott and his uh, whatever request a few weeks ago, um, telling them to just nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. You're not going to win. Um, we're not going to make this game anything more than it has than it's going to be the orange bowl so it's just sort of wasting time um but it's i guess it gives us something to write about and something to talk about here today um fill some time on the air to talk about just the uh the buffoons who are um not really doing anything to help the country but um uh, you know pretending to uh to care about sports back to the field before you go uh, it, 
we talked to we talked to Feldman yesterday, and he's talked to all these experts. Mm-hmm. As everybody will. I mean, this is uh, there's a long buildup to these games. We're used to reporters like you getting ready for a game every every seven days. Uh, this is a nearly a month long slog. Uh, just your sense. Uh, it seems like the odds makers have Michigan favored. The perception, even though the line hasn't changed very much, have Alabama winning. Uh, th- does any of this factor into the actual game itself? I, it just makes it more interesting to me to see, and I wrote about it last week, about some of these computer models that have Michigan as a 10-plus point uh, advantage over Alabama um, and just how the eye test and the, the computers seem to really disagree. Um, it, it's it's just such an interesting Clash of styles. I mean, clash of schedules, uh, scheduling philosophies. Michigan clearly didn't play anybody, even try to play anybody in the uh, in the non-conference schedule. And uh, a week beginning to the uh, Big Ten schedule, they weren't really even tested until November. Um, Alabama clearly took a different path. So it, there's so many different ways of looking at this game. Um, but I, I always love reading Bruce's um, the anonymous coaches um, who uh, weigh in on things. Uh, it, Clearly, they they were giving Alabama the edge just from the the, the talent standpoint, the athleticism standpoint. Um, it's just it's an interesting style clash of styles, old school Big Ten versus modern SEC. It's you know I'm gonna settle this one more time, I guess, uh, on a, quite a grand stage. Nothing at stake, but the future of bragging for a very long time down in this part of the country. Michael, it's always great to see you. Have a merry Christmas with your family, and uh, we'll see Thank you out you. there. Yep. Great to have Michael Casagrande on from AL.com. We come back. We have plenty of time for your phone calls. We've uh, scooted the experts out of the way to make room for the real experts. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
We were here uh, talking to John a minute ago. We ran into the break, and then we had Michael and I think uh, which one is John? Which one is is that the top one? Okay, John. Uh, let's let me allow you to finish your call. Go right ahead. And Paul, if you just want me to go away next time, just let me know. No, no, uh, we're we're we're, we're, we're spreading <laughs> Christmas uh, cheer right now. <laughs> You know, when I look at Alabama and, and Georgia, uh, I think of the analogy um, of uh, old money versus new money. Wow. And in uh, Georgia, with this kind of new money mentality, you know, what do people that come from new money sometimes, some of the mistakes they make? Well, you know, sometimes they, they kind of, uh, money. you know, <laughs> that's, they love to talk about the money and they, and they forget where they came from. And they forget the people that came before them, and they right. say stupid things like maybe, uh, maybe all of Saban's seven national titles he owes to Kirby Smart. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's the only reason why Saban ever won, and and he can't win without him. You, the stupid things come out of your mouth, and uh, you know, it, reality is with the twelve-team playoff, Paul, Georgia can no longer hide from Alabama. That the championship is going to have to come through Nick Saban as long as he's coaching, and and we all know on that first national title, right after we had beat the rear ends in the SEC championship and went into went in the into that game, they played George played a great game, but we were injured. That second that second national title they got, they they know the only team in the country that could have beat Georgia that year was Alabama, and they kept us out of the playoffs. And then we meet them again. Then we wait our turn, finally, years. It almost seemed like a decade uh, to get back in front of Georgia. And once again, Saban stomps their head in. Like, I just want this to be a reminder, Georgia, next time you win again, keep your mouth shut. And don't go after the GOAT, for crying out loud. Don't go after the greatest of all time, 201-28 and 28 at Alabama. To, uh, national championships at two different schools. For crying out loud, just be grateful that you had a national title. Be great that you have a great coach in Kirby Smart. But when you go after the GOAT and say that you're the only reason he ever won, let this be a lesson to you. Let's, let, don't forget who the greatest of all time is. And, and don't forget, you have to come to Tuscaloosa next year. And every championship from now on from Georgia will have to go through Nick Saban. And your hiding days are over with. Well said, John. Thank you very much. Johnny B is up next. Dear Lord, John from Coleman, I'm glad you got that out of your system. I got to, uh, I just tuned in a little while ago when, when I called, and I had a strange thing happen last week. I was shopping, and I went in this bar, and I saw this guy with a beard, and he's got kind of gap in his teeth like me and everything, and I, I kept looking at him, and he said, come over here and it, it turns out he was brat it was brat and he Martin. had this big dude with him his cousin shane and i met him at a bar and uh you know we're sitting there having a good time cutting up and i had to go to the restroom so i just kind of left my stuff my phone and a few things and i i purchased a couple of hundred dollar gift cards <laughs> and i left them laying there and when i come back brat and, and shane was gone and my two hundred dollar gift cards were gone and I hope he don't try to use those to maybe pay off Larry or pass those on to somebody else, because that would be bad. 
Well, got that bad news for you, Johnny B. I think that's what happened. He paid. Oh no. Larry got two fifties today from the brat. I canceled those things, Paul. No, that's going to well, be embarrassing when Larry goes in. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I had that. that happen recently. As long as you have the number on the gift card, you can call a number and cancel it. So Larry's going to show up at the package store with about 15 cartons of Bud Light, and they're not going to give him a thing, are they? Oh, that's what's going to be funny. He's going to try to sneak in there and get that Bud Light because it's on sale, and then he's going to be stuck. And they're going to call up people to the counter and security. And here's Larry going to try to explain these stolen cards. And so then when the security and all the time guy Brett tells and Larry to talk back, Larry's going to take a swing. He's going to miss, fall over, hit his head, and have to, t- and have to go to, uh, have, they'll have to call the paramedics. This could be the end of Larry, all yeah. because of Brett stealing my cards. I think there's something, I think you're behind it, Johnny. You, you're culpable in this conspiracy. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Caleb is up next in Alabama. Hello, Caleb. Hey, Paul. It was 10 years ago today that I bought NCAA 2014 on my PlayStation 3. And wow. you can imagine I'm pretty excited about NCAA 2024 coming out this year. But I don't know if you've been been in the loop on all this, but there, there's a big big deal how this is going to impact NIL or how NIL will impact, you know, EA Sports. And if, if, you, if you looked at this, you know, they've set aside, EA set aside about $5 million uh, for college football players. And they, they actually have to opt in, right? It's not just a given. And if you break that down, that breaks down to about $500 a player, right? So okay. doesn't sound like a lot, but you have people out there like Caleb Williams who are telling people not to opt in because they think it should be more. And you have other guys who are like, hey, I'm just happy to have my face in a video game, Right. I think it's going to be interesting how this all plays out, especially with earlier when Amanda was talking about these these labor boards, right? Because if it turns out you now have the backing of a of a union, uh, I can only imagine the, the amount of money that they're going to try to leverage out of a company like EA Sports, which for those who don't know, uh, a billion dollar company, right, running all sort of video games. So I think they're going to try to leverage that to the best of their ability. And you know, if you look at you know something like uh, NBA 2K, which is another NBA game that, that EA makes, they have set aside $1.1 billion that they don't pay the players directly. They pay the union. They play the National Basketball Players Association, whatever the name of that is, right? So they, they set aside $1.1 billion for that. So I, I think we're only going to see the tip of this, and now I'm pretty excited about it. I hope it doesn't derail anything, but you know, I know that their EA Sports is really working to get the college and the schools on board first and then have the players opt in secondly so you know i just kind of want to hear your comments on that what you think but really one last thing the the cool feature of ncaa 2024 is you can actually be a coach in the game and coach your own team but actually if you um quit halfway through the season in the game or you get fired ea sports actually has to pay you thanks well (laughs) i like that thank you caleb uh, Jason is up next in Ohio. Hello, Jason. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? We are doing well. Thank you for calling. You know, I, I was gonna. I wanted to call you because I, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt because for, for a long period of time, I, I, you, you're not really my favorite. Um, but I'm not like some of these fans and stuff like that. I thought I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. What, what is your um, dislike of uh, that? I just 
think I feel from you on Harbaugh and Michigan football. Oh, it's not really uh, personal. Okay. It's, it's just, just seems one like of those it, fan it, bases that I've had fun with. Uh, in fact, I was doing an interview today uh, with a national publication, and I was kind of going off. And as I did it, I, I was halfway into it. I realized the, the woman interviewing me is a University of Michigan graduate. So, but I, was, I think she thought I was doing it purposely. I really did not realize it. But it's it's uh, I right. think it's just for phone calls like this, just to uh, just just to see how sensitive uh, University of Michigan people are, which. I already know the answer to. Well, yeah, it's the same way on both sides. I, I mean, you can never really, you know, people that are biased of their teams, they have their feelings and it gets their emotions blocked of what, you know, the truly, you know, I've been a Michigan fan all my life, but, you know, I argue, I live in Ohio and I argue with Ohio fans. And I said, you know what, just sit there and say that Harbaugh sucks. I said, you guys are idiots. I said, that'd be like me. I don't like Urban Meyer, but I would love uh, uh, on the opposite side, but for me to say I wouldn't want him to be my coach, you'd be an idiot. I don't like saving same way, but I would want him as my coach. I don't want him on the opposite side, you know. And I also know, and I've told people, I said, you know what, for the longest time, and I believe this, not just because I argue with Ohio fans, I said, you know, I've said this for a long time. I said, the Big Ten has really been weak. You can't get a gauge on our team because of the in-conference play. No. And I said, that, you know, and, and even uh, Michigan playing Alabama, you know, I'd rather play them than Texas. I think people are get, uh, um, not giving Texas as much respect as, you know, that they deserve. But I think um, I think Michigan and Alabama is going to, you know, determine on the line of scrimmage. If, if Michigan can get to the Alabama quarterback and, you know, get present chaos towards him, it's going to be hard for him to, you know, recover. But – you know, same thing on the other end. We've lost a lot of offensive linemen as well. Well, thank you, Jason. And the, the real the real answer is I, I love to have fun with Michigan fans because they have such a great sense of humor, as you could tell from that caller. We will be right back. We have more to come after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back uh, as we continue here. Let's uh, grab some more phone calls. Catfish is up next. Hey, hello. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, first thing, I would ask you to remember your southern upbringing and 
whenever you get a caller like the guy out of St. Louis, just listen to him and then just say, bless your heart, and everybody will understand what you're telling him, okay? And, uh, you know, I really appreciate the depth and breadth of the information that comes out on your show. Um, I heard from uh, Bill from Alabama. I, I have never mentioned it before, but I did Civil War cavalry reenactments for over 20 years. And I, I sent in a picture of me on my war horse to uh, Luke Braylon, hoping I might get it put on the, you know, as the picture of your callers. Uh, you might check with Luke and see what happened to it. It's me, been over uh, there for hey, two or three weeks. Uh, Luke's, uh, in my, Luke's a couple of doors down right now. Luke, what do you got? Is, is that true? Uh, I, yeah, I, I emailed it to him. I, I don't oh, know what yeah, they well, did uh, with it, but anyway. Let me let me offer this catfish. Uh, I did hear from Luke a minute ago, and I'm not going to go too deep into the weeds, but there was one thing in the picture that we could not allow. Okay, and, and I, I figure probably I understand why. And by the way, it had you know, if to you do want to, Civil War, it just uh, it had something to do with yeah. something you were holding. Yeah, I, I figured that might be a problem. Well, you might ask them if they can crop it to just include me I'll and Mohow. I'll check. With and uh, you know, get rid of the other deal. But what I wanted to, I was going to ask you, uh, when are you going to? change your song to include texas and oklahoma and i have a suggestion if you have a moment to listen yeah, to number, it. number one let me make sure people hear me on this because I, I think this is a constant topic it does not become official until july 1st so we will talk about texas and oklahoma but officially we're not doing anything until then okay and, and i understand completely but what i was was wondering about is you know uh You've got lots and lots of fans all over the country, and it it might be fun for y'all to set up a contest among your your viewers to submit verses to include Texas and Oklahoma, and maybe have a a winner to refer to your songwriter to see you know if if Texas and Oklahoma could get included. Somebody might come up with a really funny line. It wouldn't be me. I'm not that bright. But no, I, I think it's a good uh, idea. I mean, I. I Nothing to do with the the guy who sings the song, but I think it would make I think it would be better if the fans wrote the lyrics. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. And last but not least, I agree with your sentiment from 2014, when Alabama fans didn't support Alabama uh, against uh, Ohio State, and I I encourage everybody to go to the Rose Bowl. I have saved my nickels and dimes, and I'm going to the Rose Bowl. And I hope I get to see you, and I, I would be so blessed if I got to shake your hand. Well, I would, I would so, God bless you. Catfish, thing. And, and uh, what we were referring to, I was talking, I think, I think it was on Jocks yesterday, or that a lot of, in, in 2014, we did our show one afternoon, maybe uh, the day before the game. I guess it was the day before the game. Uh, outside, I think Archie Manning had a restaurant. And there were a lot of fans around us and I mean thousands of people and there were no Alabama fans and I kept every time I ran into a few Alabama people I said where where are you uh, this is the first this is a, a playoff game and they said most people saved their money and bought tickets for Dallas the next week for the CFP final and of course Alabama lost I'm not saying that made one difference I think Ezekiel Elliott you know gashing Alabama on an 80-yard run probably had more to do with it than anyone. 
the fact that Alabama really wasn't that good. Neither was uh, Ohio State was on its third string quarterback. But I can't believe anyone, given the choice of which game to go to, wouldn't go to this game over the national championship game on a Monday night in Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been out of Houston a reasonable amount, including a couple of times this year. And I'm sure it's a great city. But I know Pasadena, and I know the Rose Bowl. And on, on New Year's Day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon out there, 5 o'clock on the East Coast, it, it is usually one of the, the most iconic moments of the year in sports. Monday night, January ninth in Houston will be exciting. Can't wait. But it's quite different than the Rose Bowl. Uh, we'll take a short break and we are back right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, we are back. Um, always interesting when we hear from this individual uh, because we're afraid uh, he may need something from us. Larry, is there anything hey, wrong? Hey, man. Is something wrong? Do we need it? Yeah. Hey, check it out, man! That dude you had on there that had all the Georgia thing behind him. Oh, uh, he said he had, Georgia had lost but one game to Alabama in three years. Hey, see if he wants to bet a hundred on that. I make some easy money on this show, boy. <laughs> he uh, he was acting like nothing happened, just kind of a minor hiccup. He said, he said, quote. We got, Georgia's only lost one game to Alabama in three years. What's wrong with Georgia? They got amnesia or what? Um, that boy's crazy. Ask him if he won't bet me a hundred. I don't think they have amnesia. They act like it. He don't know they ain't lost, but what? He they lost two games, and the only reason they won one of them is I say it again. If we hadn't been for uh, losing our two number one draft pick receivers, and guess what? 2024 and 25, we own it, baby. Hey, Larry, have you heard a Georgia fan complain that their two most important receivers, McConkie and Bowers, were banged up? Have you heard a single one complain? Yeah. I mean, let me tell you something. I'm going to say something. I'll say it again. Georgia, you got them little britches pulled, doggy britches pulled down and spank crimson. Mm-hmm. Now get over it and quit knocking me on like Twitter and all this I'm crap. Because I don't, uh, I don't pay no there. damn attention. I drank my beer and mind my business and roll damn tight. Jack. Okay. 
Larry's obviously got a theme for the next year. David is up next in uh, Illinois. Hello, David. Hello, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I've been uh, uh, watching your show for years, and uh, my brother, who is in Shreveport, Louisiana, is an LSU fan, and I'm an Alabama fan, so that works out well That's great. normally. But one thing that we love is this Advent season is waiting to see uh, the visit from Archbishop Moreno. I was wondering if uh, he's scheduled and if you could tell us when uh, the Archbishop will be visiting your show, because that's part of our Christmas. Yes, uh, he will be here. He'll be here Friday. uh, Excuse me, let me start over again. He'll be here Thursday afternoon, two days from literally right now. He'll be joining us uh, 6 p.m. in the East Coast, 5 p.m. Central Time. Wonderful. And, Wonderful. Uh, well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate a, it. There is not a single. Uh, thank you. There's not a single guest uh, that we get more phone call. I mean, I start. We start getting these calls, and I finally touch base with Archbishop Marino, and he tells me that he's done a service or two. He's back in Alabama right now from uh, the Vatican, and uh, it's just something that really means a great deal. And uh, we can't wait to spend some time with him two days from now. Let's uh, get right back to the calls. And Mark is in Mississippi. Uh, hello, Mark. Howdy, tighty, guys. I'm out of here the hell are we, Paul. And uh, plan on hearing a lot of that next season. I called it, Paul. My crystal ball was right. Mid-season on your show, right at the LSU game. I said LSU. After the LSU game, I said Ole Miss would go 10-2, and two, and we would go to a New Year's Six Bowl. And I said at the time, I like our chances no matter who we play. And if we win this game, we go 11-2, and we will be a legit top-10 team. And that's a good way to end the season. And, Paul, I said earlier show, earlier on your show in the season that you were a uh, – I think it was a stowaway aboard the lane train. Well, as it turned out, Paul, you picked the right train to sneak aboard because the lane train is rolling. He is building a monster in Oxford, and I can't wait. And I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you, Paul. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Mary. Was Mark on like a payphone where he only had 45 seconds? Remember those back in the day? You, you would have a calling card. and get... <laughs> He did not waste a word. I, I like that. Let's uh, check in with Tony in Georgia. Hello, Tony. Hey, Paul. First time caller here. And I'm a Georgia fan. And I'd like to tell the Alabama fans, congratulations, they won the game, go win the natty. I get tired of hearing the Georgia fans whine, and they had their opportunity. They didn't take advantage of it. Well, that's exactly right, Tony. I'm glad you uh, said that. Have a good day, Paul. Thank you. You, you too. Jay is in Mobile. Roll Tide, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Paul, I like, I like these uh, new schedules for the SEC. Uh, no no more cakewalks for Georgia. And uh, I think Ole Miss ended up with the easiest schedule. I just uh, think it's going to be interesting with Texas and Oklahoma and got the playoffs next year and all the changes in the other conferences. I got a question for you, Paul. Yes, sir. As far as the playoffs go, 
Did I hear correctly that some of the games will be played on campus? Oh, yeah, the first two rounds will be played. Is that right? The first, the first round definitely – is the second round on the campus or not? I, I need to double-check. But the first round is definitely on campus. Well, that's, that's going to be good. Well, Paul, I want to wish you and your staff a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, roll tide. We'll roll tide back. Thank you very, very much. Gene is up next. Uh, hey, Gene. Where say, where say, Paul? Hey there. I, I tell you what, Paul. You know, I love Nick Saban, and I think the whole Christmas Tide family do. But Nick Saban should be put in jail, Paul. He should be put in jail for what he did to that damn dog in the <laughs> SEC temperature. He needs to be put in jail for what he's been doing to that dog, Paul. That was criminal. And I tell you what. I tell you what, Paul. Anybody in our way, is, we, we just need to let them know we're coming for them. We headed out to California with cutoff overalls. And, Michigan, you better be ready. Paul, this is the problem, Paul. Let me say this real quick before I go. We love all other college teams. But what happens is when they try to be on Alabama level, that's when you kick the fan base off. Georgia, you forget. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.